What is up, everybody? Thanks again for joining me for another edition of Bauman's Breakdown. God, I love opening the show with that song. So awesome. My good buddies in Tropic Bombs, as you guys know, please go check out their stuff. Follow them on Facebook. A, a very, very awesome independent band. Really great group of dudes. Just saw them live two weeks ago for their fifth annual Midsummer Meltdown show here in Toledo, Ohio. Lots of fun. A lot of people dressing up in tropical gear and wearing lathes. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. Mike Bauman with you here as always. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I hope you guys had a good 4th of July weekend. I had a three-day weekend last weekend, so I took a break ski last week, uh, recorded an episode. I just didn't upload it for you. I was waiting waiting for this week because I finally, after uh, a couple of, couple of long weeks of work and being up in my own head and stressing myself out about things that I shouldn't be, I, uh, I had three days off, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Got to see my nephew, Luke, who I haven't seen since he was a week old. He was born on January 28th, same day as my eldest brother, Brandon. So he came in town with my brother, Greg, and my sister-in-law, Kim, and I got to see my Graham and my Aunt Den and my buddy Dave and his little tyke who looks exactly like him. It's hilarious. My my buddy Dave is uh, one of my best friends in the entire world. Just a jolly ginger he is, just freckle-faced, you know, jolly ginger. And his baby seriously looks exactly like him. I don't know if you've seen that picture on the internet where it's like Chris Farley reincarnated and it shows like this little, just little chubber bunch baby. She's like smiling and she does. She looks exactly like Chris Farley. That's what it's like when you look at his baby. I mean, it just, you look at her and you want to start laughing because you're just like, oh my God, she looks exactly like him, little baby Avery. So Dave's fiance, Natasha came over with uh, her two kids, Jacob and Kaylee. So we, we took them out to the pond and were throwing in old bread and watching the catfish and the bluegill slaughter the bread, and they were having a good time. There's like a little paddle boat. So, I mean, it was it was fun, man. It was fun to just relax and have a nice nice weekend off from work to not really think about anything and to just kind of chill with some family. You know what I mean? Family is, is of the utmost importance to me. Um, other than my, you know, faith, which has been lacking lately. Uh, so yeah, man, you know, I have a tendency to kind of get up into my own head sometimes and, and, you know, overthink stuff and just, uh, you know, kind of drive myself crazy, especially at the stage of my life that I'm in right now. I just kind of feel like I've kept myself in a holding pattern for a little too long. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm done fearing change cause I need change. Um, but anyway, it was fun to relax. It was fun to be around family and just have a have a nice time. But in the midst of all of that, I got to talk to somebody whose music I first listened to almost a year ago. Time flies. Time really flies. And that guy is Ravi Orr. His solo stuff is Philotaxis. And um, I first heard about Ravi through... Doc Coyle, who is an awesome dude, phenomenal musician. He's, you know, like Tropic Bombs and my buddy Ryan Waiten and, and Bino, Ben Snyder from Tropic Bombs, who have, who have done the show multiple times. Doc is is the other guest that's that's been on the, the pod multiple times. And um, it happened really organically. I literally just got a hold of him on Twitter a couple of years ago and was like, hey, man, I really enjoyed Equilibrium. Uh, please do 
you know, I, or I'd love to have you do my show. And he's like, cool, man, just let me know when. I mean, it was literally like that easy. You know what I mean? So if there's ever a time in your life where you're like a little scared to reach out to somebody or you're a little timid at first, just do it. Just do it because, I mean, the worst thing that can happen is they're going to say no. Like most things in life, whatever you get yourself freaked out about, like just really analyze the fact that the worst thing that's going to happen is is either a no or it's not going to work out the way you plan and another door is going to open anyway. So, you know, face your fears and, you know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there. But anyway, Doc, as you guys know, left, God forbid, roughly two years ago. He moved out to California last year. Um, has kind of gotten himself involved in a lot of different musical projects. And to make a long story short, one of the guys who he found out about was was Ravi, who was on the show this week of Philotaxis and uh, Vegas Nerve. And Ravi has done a lot of covers on YouTube. And Doc told me about just you know his voice and the fact that he plays all these instruments and everything. So I checked out uh, Ravi's solo stuff and actually... I, I purchased the first record to all of your beliefs um, right before I went to go visit Greg and Kim at their place, which is about two and a half hours away. And uh, I, I, it was like, yeah, it was like last August. And I went there for the weekend and, and got to visit them. But I listened, you know, it's a two and a half hour drive. And that was one of the, the albums I had in the rotation. And I really enjoyed to all of your beliefs. It was... Um, I, the last couple of years, I've I've really gotten into kind of more sort of epic, you know, expansive, spacey, shoegazy type of stuff. You know, bands like Monstro, Explosions in the Sky, Exit Calm. Um, I really loved what Chino did with Isis with Palms. Um, you know, so that kind of stuff. You know, I, I've always been a, a really big metal guy and heavy music guy, and I still am very much so. That's still the stuff that that really speaks to me the most, but. Um, just for, I, I don't even remember, you know, Over the Oceans, another one. I, I don't, I don't, uh, another band, uh, the Nomads out of Cleveland, who I'm hoping to get on this show as well. I just checked out their, uh, their latest piece of work. Um, great stuff. But anyway, so, so I, I started to kind of, you know, and I think that happens when you get older, you, you, you kind of expand your tastes a little bit. And, you know, I still love angsty stuff, but it's, it's very mood driven now. I'm a moody guy. And um, so, so when I checked out Philotaxis, I really, I really enjoyed it. Um, I, I just, I just love the variety that that was on there. You know, Ravi has a really unique voice. You know, there's times where, and I hate making comparisons, but just for the sake of those of you out there who are like, well, what does it sound like? I, I, I don't like comparing music, but to give you an idea of, you know, there's times where uh, Ravi, when he's going for like the higher notes and he's kind of like screaming, it's, it kind of gave me like a little bit of a taste of sort of like a Richard Patrick from Filter, and then there's a couple of songs that kind of reminded me a little bit of uh, Maynard from, from Tool and A Perfect Circle, and, you know, so, you know, the, and, and like I said, I hate making comparisons, but for those of you who kind of, you know, that's sort of your way of checking out new music is kind of building on the stuff that you already like, um, there was hints of that to me, but but when I when I listen to Ravi, it, it kind of reminds me of of like when I when I first saw the PJ20 um, documentary a few years ago about Pearl Jam, and Chris Cornell was talking about the first time he heard Eddie Vedder's voice on the Footsteps demo tape, I believe, and he said, you know, when I heard his voice, I didn't hear a guy who was trying to sound like another guy. I just heard this original voice, you know, um, and I think that's very true about Eddie Vedder. I'm a huge Pearl Jam fan. 
And I think that's true. He has a very unique, like, that's his thing. You know what I mean? And there's been many people since who have kind of tried to sound like that, but he was like the first guy. And that's his voice. And and that's how I would describe Ravi. Um, not like Eddie Vedder. His voice doesn't sound anything like Eddie Vedder. But just the in the sense of how Chris Cornell was describing Eddie Vedder, that's how I would describe Ravi's voice to you guys is when I first heard Ravi singing, I didn't hear a guy who was trying – to like sound like anybody else i very much heard a guy who had his own thing and like i said there's little hints of certain things as there's always going to be anytime you hear something but he very much has his his own voice and that was something that i really appreciated the very first time i heard it and and actually right before recording this podcast i just listened to his latest record which came out like a little over a week ago woe of the crow and his poison tree and it's friggin' awesome. And and I think what's what's amazing to me about about this whole thing, and you guys will hear about in our conversation, is uh, Robbie does all of this himself. He records it all himself. He um, you know plays like all the instruments. Um, he you know he's had a, you know a couple of friends help him out um, on a few songs. Uh, I think it was um, "You Wrecked My Life." Uh, Doc Coyle actually has a guest solo on that song. And his buddy Pat Callahan, from what I remember reading, kind of helped him put that song together. Um, another friend of his, whose name is escaping me right now, I'm sorry, um, on "Show Yourself," which which has a real like Native American feel to it, to it, kind of like uh, Avenado on the first record, which I really like, kind of has also a Native American, very Native American feel to it. Uh, a friend of his played the djembe on on um, "Show Yourself" on this one. So, but but there's just there's there's so much variety in the fact that he he recorded them all himself and he, you know you'll hear the story about how he put together to all of your beliefs and uh, you're also going to hear about whoa the crow and his poison tree uh, you'll hear about his relationship with Doc um, you know we jumped around a lot I felt really bad initially I'm never late with interviews and last Friday when I recorded this. I opened up my computer at like 4.25 and I got like the black screen of death. You guys know what I'm talking about where it's like power button is lit up, other buttons are lit lit up, and you just have a blank screen. And you're like, what do I do with this? Um, so I powered it down, had to reboot the whole thing, and I was like a good 10, 12, 13 minutes late. And Robbie sent me an email like, hey, man, is this still going to happen? <laughs> and, and, and I was getting ready to like, you know, email him and be like, dude, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Um, so I felt bad. I had to keep him waiting initially. Um, and at that point, my uh, my sister had come into town, and there was one point during the conversation where my mom walked downstairs, and she was like, honey, didn't you hear Jack? Who's my stepdad? <laughs> and I felt like the quintessential, like, guy in his mother's basement, you know, like that. I feel like that's just like the go-to, like, poop on somebody joke, you know what I mean? You know, and, and like, usually when you hear, like, the mother's basement guy, it's in regards to like trolls on the internet who are commenting on stuff that they probably have no business commenting on, but they're hiding behind a computer and it's not face to face, so they can kind of be these like keyboard warriors. And you always hear like artists and stuff be like, "Oh, that's just some weirdo in his mom's basement." <laughs> and my mom actually came downstairs while I was recording this podcast. Um, so yes, yeah, I had to move back home. You guys, it's been a crazy year. Uh, never move in with with one of your friends who's going through a divorce uh, under under the the notion that he's going to live apart with his estranged wife for a year. We've since worked it out, so I can talk about all this. It's not like I'm talking behind anybody's back or anything, but uh, but that's what happened to me earlier this year when uh, I fell on hard times, and uh, you know my company that I worked for downsized a year ago, and then I moved in with my buddy trying to save money. 
And in six weeks, he ended up getting back together with his wife, and I moved back home. So that's been my story so far this year. Uh, but anyway, it was it was kind of it was actually kind of funny. But uh, it w- it was really fun to talk to Ravi. I I really hope you guys enjoy the conversation. Um, you know, this it w- it was cool to finally get to talk to him. And uh, like I said, we jumped around a lot. That's kind of how it goes. You know, I, I like it to be more of a conversation, more free form. Obviously, there's stuff I like to touch on, but um, you guys are really going to, I think, enjoy this one, you know, because to me, this is like a quintessential episode for kind of, you know, one of the the visions I had for creating this, you know, what was to kind of help, you know, shed some light on and, you know, do my part to sort of help unearth some of these independent artists out there who are really talented and, um, you know, try to try to give them a little bit more exposure and give more insight onto what they're doing because it's just there's just so much music out there and there's so many good artists you know who i feel like don't get that same type of um recognition that they deserve you know and they're not doing it for the recognition they're doing it for the love of the music but music is a very powerful tool i think it can affect us all in a really positive way um and as much fun as i do have bringing you guys you know interviews with national artists and and as much fun as it is for me on a personal level too when i get a chance to you know to talk to somebody like a miles kennedy who's like my favorite singer on the planet or mark germani who's you know one of my all-time favorite guitarists um you know as cool as that is you know to 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 give like you know to have like my time with them and share that with you guys um it's it's equally as cool to to do the independent artists and 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 a, and a lot of times too it's almost more rewarding because many of them are so thankful for the coverage and and trying to help spread the word about their music you know so um this is one of those episodes for sure so without further ado i'm gonna show my big yapper and give you guys my conversation with ravi or here it is I really do appreciate you taking the time with me today, man. Um, like I said, I've, I've known Doc for almost, well, about three years. I just I got a hold of him on uh, Twitter a few years ago because um, I, I really enjoyed God Forbid's music. I had seen them live before. And then he started to kind of tell me about the stuff that he was doing with you um, about a year ago. And uh, I, I checked out to all of your beliefs and really enjoyed it. And uh, you were somebody that I've, that I've wanted to talk to for a while. So I genuinely appreciate the time, man. Well, thank you very much. Now, for so, you, man, uh, how, how, long is, um, how long has music been something that, that you're doing? I mean, I, I, has this been something that you've pursued for, for a long time? What, what's, like, the earliest that you started to get into it? Uh, I knew that I wanted to be a musician since I was seven years old, so um, uh, that's not really a pursued music kind of thing, but either way, that's when I started <laughs> knowing that I wanted to do it. Um, I wrote music and such when I was about 14. I was in a really crappy you know, high school band and, and stuff like that, but uh, I kind of... Um, I kind of lost those contacts. I didn't have anybody to play music with as I got into the working world and um, struggled to record and things like that, bought device after device and couldn't get it to happen and called tech support. And they were like, oh, you need to update your driver. And I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to return this. And um, basically I wrote To All Your Beliefs when I, when I got laid off from my job. Um, I worked in a cubicle for like four or five years as a as an artist as a 3d animator and um 
I got laid off and I, I decided to stay laid off and just work on music. So that's kind of where I got that all started was, was just recording myself and figuring out how to do it. So, so what was, what was like the first, uh, the first instrument that you started out on? I, uh, I always wanted to be a singer, but then in, I, I never really put any of those pieces together. I think I heard Michael Jackson when I was young and that was, you know, that was the coolest thing in the world to me when I was that age. And it probably still could be one of the coolest things ever because Michael Jackson was the man. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, I wanted to play drums. So uh, I started playing drums when I was about 11. My parents never really were supportive of it, never bought me a drum set. And uh, when my parents broke up, I had a, a stepfather type person that just went out one day and bought a drum set and uh, for himself. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't even know how to play. He didn't even know how to play it, but uh, I started teaching myself how to play. And then uh, after that, I started, you know, picking up more instruments. So when you, when you were younger, it wasn't like a, a, a real supportive thing. The music stuff was kind of something that you just did on your own. Yeah, I don't know why I was so drawn to it. Um, it's not really something that's in my family at all. Um, nobody's really musical except for a couple, you know. Uh, people from other different families and things like that that I never got to interact with very much but uh, I don't know it was always a very strong kind of calling to me where I just kind of knew that that's what I wanted to do and that's what I'm doing <laughs> what what was the stuff that uh, that grabbed you when you were younger man I mean what what was the what was like maybe the first record or I, I know you mentioned Michael Jackson but uh, like what, what was some of the earliest stuff that that really got you into it or made you made you want to get into playing playing music you know, I never really, I never really had many friends that were were telling me about music. I, I know so many people that, growing up, they had so much different support from friends. Like, hey man, listen to this band. You gotta listen to this band. <laughs> and I never, I seriously never had that. I had a brother that was pretty heavy into drugs, and uh, he would he would tell me about music after a while. And I think, I think Pink Floyd might have been the, the first one that really was. Uh, inspiring to me from a songwriter standpoint from an emotional standpoint of just uh, the craziness of growing up and all those crazy emotions I had and such and then just the music man I mean the wall and, and watching the, the film and stuff that was some of the most powerful stuff to me probably still is and what 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 age was that when when you started to get into them where I mean were you were like a kid junior high high school probably like 13 or 14 my brother was was telling me about him and then yeah i don't i don't know i mean i remember my first cd that i got ever was like uh the offspring i think <laughs> we probably all had that album smash i think it was called yeah and then um like ace of bass or something when i was like 11 or 12 oh that she won isn't anyway. <laughs> uh, totally different totally different things but either way yeah those might have been two of the first cds i ever owned but i i'm my parents listened to kind of country music and such when I was growing up, and I never really cared much for it. And there was a little bit of rock mixed in with that, you know, like typical things like Aerosmith, Guns N' Roses and stuff. But uh, either way, I I think one of the biggest first influences where I was like, oh, my God, this is amazing, is, was Pink Floyd. Radiohead came kind of later with the Benz album because the Benz album was just great song after great song after great song. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think... I kind of there's big gaps, big gaps of years, you know. Yeah. Tool came. Tool came a lot later when I was like 18 or 19, and that started becoming some of the most crazy stuff I I, I heard and that I I completely loved. So. 
Now, are you from, is it New York originally? No, I grew up in a, I think you said York, did you say New York? New York. I grew up in a place called York, small town in uh, Pennsylvania. Okay. Yeah, I would have would have had a lot more uh, probably friends telling me about music if I grew up in New York City. But no, I had I had mostly redneck friends <laughs> that were more concerned about shooting animals and things like that. So what's that like? Is I mean, as you're getting into music and, and you're, it sounds like this is obviously something that kind of you mentioned your older brother, but kind of coming into it on your own over the years was it. Um, how difficult was it to finally get to a point where where you were like in a band and playing with other people who were maybe were were like minded? I mean, was it was it really was it kind of just a, a thing that you had to do on your own for a while till you really started to meet those types of people? Well, I mean, I still haven't met those types of people, but I I did have those couple people that I played music with when I was young. So when I was about fourteen to seventeen, I was in the same band with uh, two other individuals, and. Um, we were kind of like-minded. Everybody liked different stuff, and we were writing, you know, kind of crappy pop, rock type music, Blink One Eighty Two type stuff. Because I was, I, we were a big fan of those guys when we were younger. And now, uh, you know, I don't. I listen to it now, and I kind of go, "Oh God, did I like this?" But then again, I'm, I don't know if you ever heard him, but Travis Barker, the drummer, I, I still love his stuff, man. The drumming is is outstanding. Anyway, um. Yeah, I, I don't know how I fell into the group with those guys. Um, I think we just desperately kind of were in a very kind of crappy school, and there wasn't many uh, cool people doing anything, No, not many creative people, and uh, we were just kind of starved for that kind of creative outlet, and we started doing some stuff together. And, and I mean, hell, I hadn't even sang in front of anybody. Um, we, we tried to get a singer, and, and then that didn't work, and then I started singing in front of him. And he was like, "Oh my God, you're you're great, my bass player at the time." And um, and then I started singing, and then I started writing music, you know, very rough. It's been it's been just completely dry. Like a couple people here and there that I played music with, and, and and even Doc, I've I met Doc and wrote music with him for like a year, probably before I even met him. Yeah. It was all online, electronic type stuff. So. We yeah. showed up at my house. I was, I was like, intimidated, <laughs> man. Like, oh my god, hey, what's happening? When you finally met Doc? Yeah, yeah, He's a big dude. How I see, I've only ever, I've only ever talked to him and, and uh, done the Skype thing with him for for the podcast. So yeah, I, I mean, I'm like, I'm like six one. So when I mean, is he like six four, six five? Uh, I'm six one, six two. He's just a he's just a big freaking dude. He might be like six three, six four, yeah. Yeah. But um, I don't know. That guy's got this kind of charisma about him that people just kind of magnetize to him. And uh, I don't know. As a lead singer, I guess I'm supposed to have some of that, but I kind of don't. I kind of <laughs> shy away from. I don't like the spotlight and things like that. So being around him, especially when he's around other people, it's kind of just like, all right, man, you do your thing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna be over here drinking, <laughs> drinking a drink. I don't know. It's, uh, yeah, it's kind of crazy. He was he was really nice to me, man. Like the because uh, because basically I started doing this. Um, sorry, I, I know the lighting isn't the greatest. I'm in the basement, so if this is kind of weird because you can't really see me. <laughs> but you're incognito. Um, <laughs> yeah, I have a hat on because I'm I'm like nasty. I was washing my car and it's kind of kind of hot out. So, uh, but. Uh, 
but yeah, I, I started doing this. Music is something I've loved for a really long time, and um, there was a local paper that I wrote for Toledo Free Press. Actually, unfortunately, just just closed recently. But um, when I got out of college, I'm 27, and, and I had a chance to start doing music features, which was awesome because I've, I've always loved it. Uh, and it was really cool to do feature stories and kind of give people, like, the story behind, you know, the, the artist or the music or whatever. And, um, you know, sometimes you get to talk to people for a while, and sometimes they're good conversations. And I'm like, man, there's only so much I can fit into seven or 800 words. So I started doing this podcast and actually, Doc was like the first interview I did that wasn't already a, a, like a written story. That wasn't like the full-length version of that. I just got a hold of him on Twitter because I really enjoyed Equilibrium. And he got back to me right away and was like, yeah, I'll do your podcast. And I was like, okay, cool. That was, that was pretty easy. That was, that was nice. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's been cool getting to know him. And, um, I mean, I can tell you from, from talking to him, too, that uh, which I'm sure you know, but um, he's really excited about the Vegas nerve stuff he's i mean he said to me on on more than one occasion that uh if that could be like the full-time band thing that he could do right now he would he would love that so you know from talking to him and then like i said listening to your stuff i'm definitely really really eager to hear that but like how how did um i'm rambling now but how how did uh your guys's um connection start i mean how how long ago was that but don't worry about the rambling thing is going to be planted out on my part. But, uh, okay, this is, this is odd how this came together. Um, I was at a place where I still was unemployed. And uh, I wanted to start making money, and I was going to start doing the live show thing because I, I haven't done much live show stuff. And I was like, okay, I'm going to put together a cover band thing or audition for cover bands and shit like that. And uh, I auditioned for a couple. And... Uh, not to ramble off in that direction, but it's always funny when you audition for some band like that because they think you're auditioning for them, but they're also auditioning for you. So if you're not impressing me, I'm just going to be like, okay, see you. And then if they call back and they're like, we really like that, man. We want to see you again. I'd be like, I don't want to see you again. Bye. <laughs> so um, <laughs> anyway, um, I, got, I met this drummer that was coming from quite a distance, and, and we started trying to do some stuff, and we had the space we were doing things in. And it, uh, the space just went away. We couldn't use it anymore. And um, he started talking to me about Doc, and I didn't know he, who Doc was. I haven't listened to metal music really my entire life. I've never been a metal person. Um, but either way, he sent my stuff to Doc, I guess cover videos, things like that. And Doc just reached out to me, and, um, and then he sent me uh, just some rough music he'd been working on. And I'd gotten that plenty of times before because of YouTube. I mean, people sent me... You know, oh my God, will you be my singer? And they'll send me rough stuff. And most of the time, it's, oh no. (laughs) You know, you're like, okay, sorry, I'm I'm nice. I'm, eh." but with Doc, instantly I was like, oh, I gotta do something with this. This is pretty awesome. So, um, I think it took me like a couple months, and I I worked on one track and sent it back, and then I think that sealed the deal. He was pretty much like, yeah, we're gonna, we gotta do this. So, um, it took a while. We. I probably wrote it over an entire year, and we only we only have four songs. Maybe it was even three songs at that time. But uh, then finally, at some point, he he came out because that's when he was in New Jersey and uh, and met me. So in my tiny little apartment with me and my wife. <laughs> but that's how I met Doc. Yeah. So is that where you are now? Is New Jersey? No, I'm. Uh, I live pretty much in the middle of nowhere. Out. Um, I lived in Philly at that point. Um, okay. Me and my wife moved to Philadelphia because she worked out there, 
and then I kept struggling to find uh, art-related work, and uh, and I just I just hated it because the areas we lived in were very kind of poor and crappy, and everybody hated us. <laughs> and, and living there, which sucked, and we kept finding like dogs and cats and shit. It was awful, and um, we finally got away from there and just moved out, kind of in the middle of nowhere. It's it's a place called Elverson. It's uh, it's literally there's nothing. I have chickens in my yard and shit. It's kind of cool though. I, I love it. Yeah. But I, I won't be here for too long. It, anyway, yeah, it's um, it's kind of close to Reading, Pennsylvania, if you uh, are familiar with that at all. Okay, okay. But uh, yeah, the uh, the stuff with Vegas Nerve, like as far as um, conceptually, not not to get too uh, PC. So like, tell me about the record and how like your process. Like, I don't want to ask like too <laughs> too many of those types of questions. But like, um, I am really curious about it because. There's a lot of stuff going on on your uh, on your Philo Taxes stuff, and I hope I'm saying that right because um, the first time I Philo Taxes, right? It's Philotaxis. Philotaxis. Okay, yeah. Philotaxis. All right, I wanted to say that and get that out of the way before I mispronounced it for like the next twenty minutes. Um, that a downfall of everything I ever do. The fact that nobody can spell it or say. It. <laughs> <laughs> and you are and you are Ravi, right? I I I hope to God I'm not butchering your name. Oh, what's what's that? Ravi is is your that's that's the correct pronunciation, right? Ravi, yeah. Okay, okay. I was like, God, I hope fifteen minutes in, it's I I haven't been butchering that one as well. But with uh, yeah, with with Philotaxis, um, there's a lot of different stuff going on there, man. Um, there's there's the uh, the one song where it's kind of almost like got sort of a is it Avan Avando? Um, Avando? I feel that's really. I feel really dumb right now, so <laughs> usually I don't have trouble pronouncing stuff, but uh, Avando, that kind of had like a Native American theme to it. Um, yeah. There, there's a couple that um, I, I kind of, your voice, like there, there's a couple that kind of reminded me of like Maynard, James Keenan a little bit, sort of a tool influence. So there's there's a lot of different stuff going on on that, man. Yeah. Um, well, the Native American thing, yeah, that, that's where the Ravi thing comes from, and uh, that song's Adonado. Um, I don't even really remember. That was one of the first things I wrote when I can record. Uh, I just started layering things and, and messing around, and uh, I knew it wouldn't be, you know, something people are listening to very much, but, uh, you know, when I was doing it, it was blowing my mind. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. So um, I love harmonies and big choir-type vocals and stuff like that, so... But uh, yeah, continue. So yeah, I uh, like I actually I I really enjoyed that track. Um, um, and 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 just just lyrically, I mean, I, I that was one thing that struck to me struck me too about listening to it. Because um, actually, the first time I listened to it, I was taking a uh, a trip to go see my my brother and my sister in law, and they live about two and a half hours away, and. Um, I, I like records. I'm somebody that's still, you know, even in today's day and age where everything is sort of like, let's put a digital single on. I, like, I really like albums. And uh, I listened to it a couple times, and, and it was just really, really diverse and everything. And then I had remembered Doc telling me that, like, you played everything on there. And I was like, God, that's that's a lot of work, man. But um, when you when you did all this yourself and you were kind of in that place, like you said, where you had been laid off and everything, um, like inspiration-wise, were these songs, did they kind of come together over a period of time leading up to that? Or was that just kind of all at that moment, like after after the work thing went through, where you're like, okay, I'm just, I, I want to put all this together? 
I think I literally started writing it right when I got laid off because I couldn't record anything. I didn't know how to record, and, and I, I literally went to a guitar center and asked some guy, like, I, how the hell do I record? Because I don't, I don't know. And, and I had this really nice guy that, that walked me through everything. And uh, if you've ever been laid off, it's a very crazy, weird feeling because I was getting paid to be just sitting in my house doing nothing. And um, I think it was like about two weeks to the point where you, you normally feel like you're a total loser piece of shit because you're not doing anything with your life and you're laid off. And then I, I had nothing else to, to blame anything on. I, I couldn't say, well, I can't write music because I don't have enough time because I work. Well, I can't write music because you know, I can't afford to buy recording equipment or anything like that. I, I was able to do everything I needed. So then I, I just had to kick myself in the ass and be like, okay, I, I got to do this now. So um, that's, I just started writing there and then piecing it all together. And, uh, and yeah, completely in the dark, having no idea if it was even possible, but I just kind of just kept moving forward with it. So. Yeah, yeah, that that happened to me about a year ago, man. I uh, I was at a job for about a year in online marketing, working behind a computer all day, at a desk all day, and uh, just kind of out of the blue, it happened one day. Found out the company was downsizing. It was a, it was a small small company, but um, I've definitely I've definitely been there. And when it initially happens, it it does. It really sucks. It, it's it's a tough process. Yeah, definitely weighs on your mind in some weird kind of ways. When you put these songs together, um, were you using the guy that helped you out from Guitar Center? Did you were you using like Pro Tools or did you use Audacity or like Reaper? Did you just kind of find like a free program to put it all together? When I started trying to figure out how to record, I used a program called Adobe Audition. Okay, which okay. was kind of okay for the kind of stuff, but it was kind of not. I mean. And the guy in Guitar Center told me about basically Pro Tools, and then I had to kind of convert all that over to Pro Tools. But then when Pro Tools, when I started getting a little bit of a handle on it, and I got a little bit of the YouTube tutorial stuff, and, and I had a friend kind of reach out to me and tell me what the hell I was doing, um, that's what I ended up kind of using and getting a good handle on. Yeah, Pro Tools was the way to go. I haven't even tried to use anything else because I don't care anymore. I'm like, yeah, Pro Tools is fine. What what made you want to call the album um, to all of your beliefs? I mean, obviously that's that's the last song in the record. It's a really really powerful song lyrically. Um, same thing with hoping for a change. That was that was another one that I really enjoyed too, and uh, in, in carry on. But um, what what made you end up settling on that as, as sort of the the title for? Because I know I know the title can kind of end up sort of being the theme for the for the record. Yeah, I mean, I think the song came later, um, but the name kind of came first and. I just know that uh, with all the, the sitting in a cubicle and, and, and being confused about my life and what the hell I was doing and, and not doing and just wasting time, I tend to kind of blame myself a lot and I don't know how to say all this in the most eloquent of ways. Um, let me think here. Um, I just knew that I had a lot of troublesome kind of belief systems that were holding me back from doing a lot of things uh, and that were somehow keeping me in a bad place and I wasn't allowing myself to move forward so I kind of want to dedicate the album towards the fact that I was shattering some of that and, and if anybody else had any beliefs or anything surrounded by me I want to just be like here that's look at this like I can do this and I, I proved that to myself so if that makes any sense or she can piece that together that's kind of why I called it that and that's a little bit in the song too I mean you hear me talking about being more gentle in myself and not being so harsh and such in that song and 
yeah, it's just about, I don't know, it's giving the middle finger to all those crappy belief systems and being like, no, I can, I can do this. Check it out. I'm going to do it. I did it. <laughs> <laughs> Looking back now, do you feel like... Um all of that happening was kind of a, a blessing in disguise. Cause like I, I look at my life now, like I've moved two or three times in the last year. I ended up having to like come back home, which at, at 27 is kind of like, that kind of sucks. You know what I mean? Like you're getting to that point where you're like, man, I just, I just kind of, I miss having my independence and I had like my own place. I moved in with one of my buddies and he got back together with his wife. Like the, the last year of my life has basically been like a, a crappy 80s movie with you know name your name your uh you know uh comedic sort of laugh at myself type of character that's that's sort of what it's been like the last 12 months but it also kind of made me really focus in on what i really enjoy doing which is like this stuff and music um i do broadcasting locally so for you when when you kind of regrouped and you look back on that time and you were able to put together this record and, and, and do these musical endeavors, do you think it kind of ended up being a blessing in disguise? And if it did, like, how long did it take for you to, to, tor- to sort of get in that mindset? Well, the main blessing in disguise that I focus on during that time period was I had made this really close friend, and I don't really have many acquaintances or friends. If I am friends with somebody, I'm usually all in very close to that person or if it's just acquaintance I, I can't do that I don't have the ability to kind of change my personality or, or kind of evolve in a little way to be like oh hey you know there's Joey he likes this let's talk about basketball I don't have any of that I'm just <laughs> me all the time and if you've seen any like the stupid uh, vlog videos I put up about my album you'll see my personality is very I can't shut it off it's me or not I, there, or nothing so I made this very close friend. Uh, it happened very quickly. We were musical together. We started writing things together, and it was it was incredible. And um, being around that person was one of the greatest things. Um, this is a male person, it's not a female person. Um, <laughs> but it, it could have been it, it could have been almost that weird that if if he was a girl, I would have been like, "Love you." Um, <laughs> but either way, that person all of a sudden just went went away. Like, they didn't move away, they just cut the cord with me, and I had absolutely no idea why or what happened, and that's what the song, uh, You Know What You Did, is about. Um, I guess he had a girlfriend at the time that was kind of brainwashing him into thinking that I was bad for him in some kind of way, and he was younger than me, he was like 18 and I was about 24. And um, the, basically, the, the precursor to this is that I didn't really ever write anything because I always thought I needed another person. I always thought I needed some kind of musical person, you know, like uh, if you're thinking Radiohead, you got Tom York, you got Johnny Greenwood, I think that's his name, right? And they kind of, they write these great things together and stuff, and I always felt like I needed somebody else. Uh, It's kind of the same thing as having a business, and you're like, well, I'm scared shitless, I can't do it myself, I need another person, and then we can do it together. And um, either way, I, I thought I found that person. I was like, yes, this is it, this is what I need. And then they went away, and I was like, Oh my God, what, what the hell is going on? What do I do? And then I got laid off right when that happened. That person's not in the picture anymore. And I, once again, I, I it just held a mirror up to me. And I was like, well, I don't have anybody else. And if I keep sitting here wasting time, it's my own fault. So I have to write music. I have to do this for myself. A couple of years went by. I didn't, I didn't talk to this person at all. And now uh, he came back into my life. And he's probably the best friend I have in the world other than my wife. Um, He's in a lot of those YouTube videos with me, 
if you ever watched any of the stuff we did, we're being completely goofy and great music together. But uh, anyway, yeah, that was one of the biggest things that kicked me in the ass and was, was a total blessing. It, it hurt so bad, it was so messed up, but it ended up being exactly what I needed. And life will do that to you. <laughs> the uh, the woe of the crow and, and, and his poison tree, um, I know you'd released, um, it was kind of like an EP. There had been, what, like five or six songs, and then you just, now the, the one that just came out, I think on Tuesday, was like, another five or six so now it's like a full album right um for for this one I, i've heard a couple of tracks off of it i haven't had a chance to listen to the to the entire thing yet but um coming out of um the previous work that that you did how was it this time around as far as putting this one together and, and sort of like from an inspiration standpoint where was this one at uh well let's see i mean i kind of um I started writing that shit. I don't even know where to begin. Um, try to keep it short if I can. But um, basically, my first album cost me about eight, nine, ten thousand dollars. I recorded it in my house, mostly all of it, and then I went to these other studios. And I had people mix it for me, and I paid absolute attention to what they were doing and not doing, and and try to educate myself. And then when it came to the second album thing, I was like, I think I, I think I want to do it myself because there's no way I can come up with that money again. And, um, and I've been getting more and more gear and learning how to do it. So um, putting it together was, I mean, the reason it took like four years was because it was so meticulous having to learn how to record well enough to have it sound good. Do I have the right gear? Am I doing things right? Uh, what the hell did they do? What am I doing? And, um, and yeah, just having anybody baby me the first time around and help me and be like, oh, yeah, let's take this out. Let's put this in. This is a great part of the song. This isn't anything like that. From a producer standpoint, I just, yeah, I had to do it myself this time. So, um, yeah, it was a lot harder. It was a lot harder, <laughs> but a lot more rewarding because now I don't, I, don't have to, I don't have to go anywhere. I can just write here and just create, you know, and just keep getting better and better at what I do. Not to mention somebody like Doc or anything like that when we want to record something i can do it fairly well here at my house i don't have to try to be like oh no we need a whole bunch of money you know <laughs> so we gotta go somewhere else the the one <laughs> song that you had up that i that i checked out um and it's still featured on your site was uh show yourself and and that was another one that i i think kind of showed like the dynamics of 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 what you're doing musically it had like i think it was a djembe was it that was in that one um and a back, yeah yeah, that that was another that was another cool one, man. Um, I don't know. I hope this isn't weird for you. I know I'm making a lot of observations about your music and not even like really asking too many questions. <laughs> but um, but um, yeah, I I for you putting this one together this time. I know you have like packages and stuff. I mean, what what has the response been like so far um, to just finally actually be able to get it out and have you know different different options for people if they want the physical copy or shirts and all that i mean I, doing it on your own i gotta imagine that's that's a lot of work that's like a whole nother thing separate from actually putting the music together yeah uh i'm always thankful that i have this this wife that's an artist as well and helps me with a lot of things um you know she doesn't want recognition she doesn't want her name on things like hey here's me and my wife she helped <laughs> um but she did help me with a lot of stuff she helps me with the website things and all kinds of stuff like that but um when it came to the shirts and all that stuff i mean yeah like I just, I don't know, man, it's time. It's time to have some more merchandise. It's time to, to 
be more professional and show myself in that light because I felt like that person, but then it's, it, everything requires money. So uh, the response was was a lot better than I would have uh, feared or expected. Um, I raised over my goal. I only needed to raise $1,000 to make this stuff, and I raised like 1100 bucks. So um, it was it was awesome. And I mean, it's crazy enough that I, I didn't even have to pay to make my CDs. I guess. Other people paid for me to make my CDs, so that's crazy. And this year has been really crazy as well in terms of the people's response of, of what I'm doing and response to what I'm doing. Um, I have uh, two different companies that are making videos for me for free, which was totally weird. Uh, people just reaching out to you like, hey man, you're good, let's, my company makes video, you know, like, let's film you doing stuff. And I was like, oh, okay. So yeah, that's, that's a crazy feeling. And there's, it's always a crazy feeling having people from other countries try to send me emails in broken English. And, I like you. <laughs> I like the music. Congrats. And you're like, oh, thank you. That's great. So, yeah. So now yeah. that that you have this out, um, is is it something that uh, that have you ever thought about trying to make like Philotaxis into into maybe a band or, or or is it? I mean, is that in the back of your mind at all as far as playing shows or where are you at in, with in your life right now as far as doing that or do you just kind of want to keep it where it is right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, I've thought about that a couple times, but. I never kind of knew what area I wanted to be in. So as I said before, it's hard for me to kind of make friends and acquaintances and, and people that are talented and stuff. And then when you find talented musicians or artists, a lot of times they're all over the place with what they're doing. So then to be like, hey, would you want to play my music? They'd be like, no, man, I got a project I'm working on. You're like, yeah, of course you do. I'm a dick. Why would I ask that? Um, so. I never really put much stake in trying to find musicians and such. And then, like I said, just because honestly, too, I don't, I don't know where I'm going to be next year. You know, I was supposed to move to California to be with Doc and my other friend that I was telling you about uh, here in September. And those plans are a little weird and changed now as well. So uh, I would love to play live. But, uh, yeah, no. <laughs> no plans. I'll just ask you a couple more before I let you go because uh, we're about a half hour now. And I don't want to keep you too long because I know it's the holiday weekend and everything. And thank you again so much for being patient. Literally, as the Skype finally came up, I was getting ready to email you because I saw another email for you. You're like, hey, I'm here waiting. I was like, oh, my God, this guy's going to think that. Because that, I'm, I'm telling you, like, I've done a lot of these, and that's that's never happened where I've been late. So I, I did feel bad. So thanks again, man. That's fine. But um, with, with the Vegas nerve stuff, um, just, just hearing how, how excited Doc is every time I ask him about it, um, and obviously hearing your voice and your instrumentation and everything on your own stuff with Phyllis Axis, um, how, where are you guys with that as far as um, putting stuff together? I mean, obviously, like you said, I know it's hard because he's on one side of the country and you're on another part of the country, and then there's, there's what, two or, two or three other guys in the band as well? Um, yeah. How, how is that as far as the Vegas nerve stuff and, and wanting to maybe get that out and play some shows? Is that, is that something that's, that's like possible as far as doing, doing like a run of shows? Uh, we, played, we played one show, uh, which was awesome. But, um, yeah, I mean, now uh, the other guys are, well, the drummer, Mo, fantastic. Love that guy. is in uh, New Jersey. Our guitarist, Mike, is in New York. Aiden, uh, bassist, is in California. Doc's in California, and I'm here in the middle of nowhere in a void of, in a void of nothingness. 
So, yeah, the show thing, I think it could definitely happen once the album kind of comes out. And I, I don't know if he's talked to you recently about what we're doing with that. I mean, everything's recorded and it's done. It's a, it's a four-song EP, but um, we're trying to get it mixed by um, this, this guy in Australia that Doc knows way more about than I do. Um, and um, I think once it comes out and we see if there's a response and stuff, we might try to hook everything up and do some kind of small tour or some, of some type. But, uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of where it is right now. We're, we're kind of, he's got to record some promo stuff so we can get a Kickstarter thing going and all this kind of, and I'm waiting for him to do that. And, yeah, but we have big gaps between us. And I wish we did. <laughs> Musically, um, how would how would you describe it? Because I know he said it's very different from from his his like God forbid stuff. He said it's a lot a lot different. And I think he's only released on his blog maybe like a year ago. Um, I've talked to him twice since then, and I think he had like a twenty or thirty second clip that was sort of like a demo of maybe some of the stuff that he sent you. And that was like all I heard. And even that was enough for me to be like, man, this is really interesting. Just knowing, knowing what he was and God forbid, which was awesome. Um, but how, how would you describe it um, as far as, you know, kind of what drew you to what he sent you initially. And, and now that all of you guys as a band have kind of sent each other stuff and worked on it. I mean, we're, I, I know that's kind of hard asking somebody to describe something, but uh, just to give people an idea, I suppose. I think when he when he wrote a lot of the material, um, or at least had it roughly written and recorded in some way, shape, or form, uh, it was still pretty metally. And he had another guy that was singing on it for a while, um, a friend of his that he still kind of plays with and such. And it was still going in the metal kind of direction, even though that he's kind of he's kind of getting away from the metal thing. He's not really a metal guy anymore. He's he's not completely drawn to that. Um, he still plays very metal. So a lot of the guitar stuff sounds very metally um metally <laughs> but um he's got a lot of uh, melodic kind of uh big atmospheric kind of sound that he that he's drawn to and one of his favorite bands is uh, muse so you know he coming to somebody like me uh, with the stuff that you've heard me do i i tend to take everything that he gives me and then always kind of broaden it and make it bigger like i want pianos i want strings i want choir i want a lot of different voices doing a lot of different things and um uh yeah the music to try to describe it i mean muse would be kind of a good way to kind of describe it i mean we have pianos we have different things like that but uh i feel like when i hear his guitar playing and the stuff he gives me it brings out definitely a harder more emotional edge in me not that my music's not already emotional but you can definitely tell there's quite a variety his music makes me more it brings out more the angry scream at people's stuff which is hopefully another healthy aspect of working with that is getting those things out but uh so yeah there's still some beautiful kind of singing and melodic kind of singing but then there's also some more of the screaming uh, heavier stuff which i'm still trying to get better at and, and be able to do um i don't know our, our drummer um our drummer comes from a little bit of a metal background but then again he's he's uh he grew up playing in church and stuff, uh, so he's got a lot of black kind of church chops, which are awesome. Like, he's got a rhythm. If he plays a beat, if I play a beat and he plays the beat, it's going to sound so much different but so much better when he plays it. He's going to have style while doing it where I'm going to look like a white guy. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, bringing that to it. And then uh, Mike, the, the guitarist, is very, um, he's bringing even more of that ethereal kind of atmospheric sound. 
um, so that it's not just another guitar that's in your face. And, and then my uh, my bass player is uh, the guy I was telling you about that, that left and went away and then came back, um, and he's a musical, awesome, crazy, prodigy-type person as well. So uh, every time we put our heads together, um, we just make everything even more big and atmospheric. <laughs> how... how- How'd you, music, Mike. How'd you guys settle on uh, on Vegas Nerve as the as the name for it? Coming up with a band name is terrible now. <laughs> you come up with, you're like, this is the greatest, and you type it into Google, and immediately it's gone. Some kid that's 14 from Indonesia has a band, and he's going to call it this, and you're like, cool, we can't use that. And uh, <laughs> Vegas Nerve was one of those ones that wasn't very taken. I think there was two people, two younger people that had it or something, and me and Doc were pretty much just like, nope, we're going to use this, and <laughs> if we get sued, we'll find out, because we'll get an email or something, you know. But um, Vegas Nerve, after all the other choices and, and ideas I had, it just seemed like, um, I, for, I forget where it popped out to me, but I'm, I'm way into weird spiritual uh, energy, chakra, all that kind of different wacky stuff, and... Um, just the uh, whatever film I was watching, I heard Vegas Nerve, and I was like, it's it's related to, I think it was an ayahuasca thing I was watching. It was related <laughs> to some kind of sacred craziness, and I was like, oh, that's a great word, man, or that's a great grouping of words, and and I should see if that's taken on Google. And by golly, it wasn't sort of <laughs> not really, except for those poor guys that we might be taking it from. I think their band broke up anyway. So what are you gonna do? So it works out. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I've I've kind of watched, a, checked out a couple of things on Mental Alchemy too. I'm pretty interested in all that, all that stuff. Um, and I, every now and again, I listen to Joe Rogan too. I'm a big fan of his podcast, and he's really into the uh, the psychedelic kind of kind of stuff. Yeah, pretty interesting stuff. Well, Ravi, it's it's been about 40 minutes, man. I was a little late initially, so I don't want to take up much more of your time uh, with your wife and your weekend, whatever you guys got going on. But thank you so much. I apologize again for for being a little bit late, but I'm I'm happy to finally get in touch with you, and I hope we can uh, stay in touch and do this again. Uh, unless you hated it and this was really uncomfortable and weird, and and then I would never blame you, especially since you can't really see me, and you might be like, "Who is this weirdo in his basement somewhere recording his podcast?" But thank you, man. I really appreciate it. There's a good chance you could be Batman or something, and I just can't really see you, and that's exciting. Um, <laughs> No, man, I'm, I'm honored that anybody wants to talk to me and, and ask me questions about music. Like, you know, starting off in a, in a room and trying to spread that stuff out across the world and get people interested, it's a very hard thing to do. So having having people be excited about anything I'm doing is is, is a blessing. So it's very exciting to me. Can so we thank get, you for wanting to do this. You're welcome. You're welcome. Can we uh, can we give people a song? Um just at the end of the show, whether whether it's from Woe of the Crow or to all your beliefs, uh, I'll, I'll let you pick, man. It'd be it'd be awesome to give people a, a song as well if it's cool with you. Yeah, um, you you tend to like a lot of the lighter stuff. I think that that I was uh, hearing, and I tend to, for some reason lately. I mean, this this last album was a lot heavier, I think, than the first one. But um, I tend to really gravitate a lot lately towards the heavier stuff I've been doing probably because of working with Doc and things like that, but um, I would love the the song The Woe of the Crow, that the last song on my album, if you want to do that one. Cool. You haven't heard it yet. That's a little bit of 
heavier song, but I love the rhythms in it, and I love the way it feels, so and it ties everything up. So. Not really. <laughs> Lyrically, I don't know if it does, but either way, it's the last song, so it's got to tie something up. <laughs> Robbie, thanks again, man. I really appreciate the time. Definitely uh, stay in touch. I mean it when I say I really like your music, and I'm, I'm happy we got a chance to do this. I'm telling everybody about Philotaxis. I know how to say it now because I finally got to talk to you, so... Thank you, my friend. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Mike. Alrighty, righty there you have it. That was Ravi Orr of Philotaxis, also of Vegas Nerve. Make sure you go check out this guy's stuff. Please, please, please go check out his stuff. I beg of you, go check out his music. Seriously, though, you guys, uh, I really had a lot of fun talking to him. It was, it was a pleasure. Ravi, if you're listening to this right now, thank you so much for the time, man. Please stay in touch. I love your music. It was awesome talking to you. Thank you for your patience. Uh, it's, it's been cool, man. Um, it's, it's cool. Like I said, I, I'm just so excited when I get a chance to, to bring these episodes to you guys because I really do love doing this stuff. And it's it's cool to, to know that um, in some little way, at least, that, that you're helping to spread the word about somebody's music. You know, there, there's a lot of, you know, not to get on a soapbox or anything, but there is. There's a lot of negativity out there, man. You know, I and, and, and I beat myself up a lot about things. Um, you know, I have my personal demons just like anybody else. And, and you look at all the stuff that's going on in our, in our, in our world right now, there's just – there's just so much there's so much uploading going on all the time with with the media and news and everybody's on their phones all the time and there's just there's just constant there's just constant like stuff just getting shoved into your head all the time and and a lot of it isn't isn't really good for you you know what i mean it's like it's kind of like when you're hungry and you're and you're too lazy to like go whip up some eggs or make a decent sandwich so you just you just get a bag of chips and you just you just eat and eat and eat and you're eating while you're like watching tv or playing a video game or something and then then all of a sudden you're just like you're like i'm full but i feel like crap and i feel like there's a lot of that going on right now there's just a lot of like we're filling ourselves up but it's just with like garbage it's it's garbage um you know so so doing this is is great for me creatively because it frees me from just the garbage in my own life a lot of which i create you know um it's just I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but just I get up in my own head a lot about stuff, you know. Um, and this past year of my life has been challenging, you know. Um, in in a way, you know, I feel like I've still have made a lot of really good steps forward, you know, broadcasting wise, doing high school games locally. I think I've gotten a lot better at play by play, and I, you know, not having a full time job at the moment and working part time gives me the opportunity to do the podcast and to. Um, you know, to, to look for, for jobs regarding my field, you know what I mean? Um, you know, but, but this, this is for me as much as it is for you. Don't hesitate, you guys. Just don't, don't hesitate. You know, if there's stuff in your life that, that you want to go after, don't, don't worry about the future. Don't think about the past. Just, just live in the moment. Do you be, the best that you can with the moment that you're in and believe in yourself, you know, go after it. And, and that's why talking to Ravi was inspiring too, you know, because I, I really could relate to him in a lot of ways. What's up, Chucklebutt? My cat just came downstairs, you guys. I love this little dude. I've had to take him to the vet like three times in the last couple months. He's only like six pounds right now, but he's hanging in there. He got some subcutaneous fluid. 
So, uh, you know, keep Charlie in your thoughts and prayers and good vibes or whatever if you don't believe in God, whatever, you know, because I love the little dude and I hate seeing him suffer. Uh, but he's got a he's got an extra pep in his step today, don't you, buddy? Um, anyway, I digress. But but I find myself at times, you know, paralyzing myself with with fear, and you shouldn't do that, you know, but be, because you're just going to keep walking in that circle, you know what I mean? And and that's not a fun place to be. So, you know, uh, the last you know couple of, of months, I've gotten a lot better trying to get my name out there uh, in the fields of, you know, broadcasting and sports and music and stuff and trying to put my feelers out there to position myself to be happier um, and, and try to do the things that I love to do for a living or at least, you know, you know, get it in that direction. Um, because I know I need to make a change. I, I've worked really hard, you know, over the last five years since I've gotten out of school to really kind of explore, you know, what my place in this world is and what I'm passionate about. And I'm really proud of myself for that. But, um, there's times where, where I do, I cripple myself with fear and the unknown and I freak myself out instead of looking at all the things that I've done positively to this point, all the people that I've met, the relationships that I've built and the positivity that, that I've created through pursuing the things that I love. And, you know, in those moments, we got to remind ourselves of that, you know, and even the fact that like not, it's been over nine years since I had surgery for, for a tumor, you know, it wasn't cancerous, but it was a really serious thing. And, you know, and I forget what a, what a crazy experience that was and just, you know, how lucky I am to even be alive and be here. You know what I mean? So so don't focus on the negative stuff. Focus on the positive stuff. And, and, and that's why this episode is so cool, too. Not because I've been wanting to talk to Ravi for a while and I really enjoy his music, but, you know, situation-wise, I think that there's some similarity there, you know, in terms of a guy that, um, you know, lost his job and didn't really know what to do and ended up teaching himself how to record music and made an album, put his own money into it. I think he said to all of your beliefs was around $8,000 of his own money when he, when he made that. And look at how many people have checked out his stuff now. Look at how many people are checking out his covers on YouTube. And um, all the people that pre-ordered War of the Crow and his Poison Tree, you know, helped enable him to be able to make physical copies of, of this new record and T-shirts and, you know, artwork and everything. So... It just goes to show you that if you put your energy into positive things and put it into positivity, there, you know, the mind really is a powerful thing. And I have to remind myself of that all the time because I've, I've been my own worst enemy from day one. Nobody is as hard on me as I am on me. Nobody, nobody looks at, at, at themselves or look, you know, looks at me the way that I look at myself. And, and so, you know, just don't beat yourself up, man. You know what I mean? Um, you know, know your strengths, know your weaknesses, and, and don't be afraid to face your fears. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and that's why this was episode, like I said, was really inspiring, too, because I feel like Ravi did that. He made a great first record. Now he's made another great second record. Um, he's built relationships with people like Doc Coyle. I can't wait to hear the Vegas Nerve stuff. So, uh, yeah, man, this this was a very it was it was a very therapeutic episode, I guess you could say as well. So thanks again, Ravi. I really appreciate the time man. please stay in touch. And for all of you listening to this, make sure you go check out his music. Go to Facebook dot com forward slash Philotaxis. Like the page. Go to Philotaxis dot com. Ravi's got a lot of really good blog work on there. You know, he he gets personal with some of the stuff. He gets funny with some of the stuff. Um, there you'll find music, you'll find contact info, his blog, video work, photos, all that stuff. You can purchase music on there at a very, very reasonable pl- price, I might add. 
and I know his wife helps him out a lot with that too. Um, you know, it's, it's just really cool. And go to YouTube, go to youtube.com and just type in Philotaxis, P-H-Y-L-L-O-T-A-X-I-S. That's P-H-Y-L-L-O-T-A-X-I-S. And you will find his channel where he's got vlogs, he's got cover songs. Uh, I watched a great one the other day of Down in the Hole, and it was freaking awesome. I'm a huge Alice in Chains fan. And, and that's what's so cool about this record and, and what's so impressive about uh, about his music is, is it gives you a little bit of everything. It's, you know, there's piano, there's drums, there's guitar. You know, this, this record alone, you know, you got a guest solo from Doc Coyle on You Wrecked My Life. You have, to me, the, the best cover you will ever hear of The Sound of Silence from Simon and Garfunkel. And I'm not just saying that because Ravi was kind enough to do this show. Like, that gave me chills listening to that song and what he did with it. I think that's one of the best covers you'll hear of any song ever. Certainly the best cover you'll ever hear of The Sound of Silence. Absolutely amazing. There's a video for that as well on YouTube um, and on the Facebook page. And then you've got sort of the chanting sing-along stuff, which I think featured some of his music students. I believe that was on The Secret You've got sort of that slow piano, nature vibe on All the Way Down. And then you've got kind of more up-tempo rock-type songs with Degradation, You Wreck My Life, Bottle of Medicine, Bring It Down Again is really awesome. I mean, the, the whole record and another Native American vibe on Show Yourself, which has a djembe in there. I mean, it's it just, it's a very, very awesome record. Really enjoyed it, and um, I'm so happy to finally try to help unearth this this guy's music and get it out to more people so tell your friends share it uh, bring your friends you know high five to you if you got that reference that was uh pennywise from uh, from it you want a balloon don't you georgie oh what's that matter girly boy boy oh boy tim curry freaked me the bleep out when i saw that when i was a little kid man um anyway i digress as i often do so yeah go check out file or excuse me I, Jeez, oh, Pete, so Philotaxis. Good Lord, I said it right the whole time until just then. Philotaxis on Facebook. Once again, you spell it P-H-Y-L-L-O-T-A-X-I-S. Go follow Philotaxis on Facebook. Go to philotaxismusic.com and Philotaxis Music on YouTube. He's got the he's got all of his stuff on YouTube. Like I said, covers, the new album, the to all your belief stuff. I mean, it's 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 incredible, man. And and he's done covers from like Deftones, Alice in Chains. I mean, it's uh, Pardon Me from Incubus, which is my favorite Incubus song. So uh, th- this dude's doing a lot of stuff, man. He's got an incredible voice, and he's doing it on his terms. And it's cool to see somebody who really loves their music and is and is doing it for the right reasons. And I'm happy to have uh, been able to get to know him a little bit, put him on the show, and and hopefully get his music out there. And hopefully this won't be the last time that Ravi is on here. I definitely want to have you back, Ravi, as well as Doc, once the Vegas Nerve stuff starts to come out a little bit more. And I'm I'm really excited to hear that. Just just hearing him and and Doc talk about it, just you know, knowing how much these guys love music and, and the sacrifices they've made for their music and everything. It's just like they're just. We need more Doc Coils and Raviors out there. We need we need more people who are just doing it for the love of it. And like my buddies in Tropic Bombs, you know, I'm just guys that love music. They have their own sound. They make what's true to themselves. They record it. They do shows for people. So so yeah, you know, go support independent artists in your town. Go to local shows. Buy their music. Buy their music. Buy their music. Buy their music. You know, these guys love making it. 
it's not easy to put all this stuff together. Even the recording process is like one part of actually making the album. There's still the mixing and the mastering and all that other stuff that goes into it. So, uh, yeah, man, check out Ravi. Like I said, Philotaxis on Facebook, PhiloTaxisMusic.com, and PhiloTaxisMusic on YouTube. And Ravi was cool enough to give me a song to give to you guys at the end of this episode so yeah man i hope you guys enjoyed it i hope you guys check it out please spread the word you can also follow me on twitter at mike v bauman uh i you know if you get in touch with me i will definitely get in touch with you um and like i said actually hit me up you know tweet at me i know there's a lot of like automated stuff which which i'm not knocking you know um i think that's great for bands if somebody follows you and you have like an automatic message that comes back that's like hey check out this song but actually you know get in touch with me too you know what i mean um i'm digging through a lot more now of the bands and the musicians and stuff that follow me on twitter because i really i really mean it when i say it that i that i'd like to feature you guys on this show because i think that's a good a a good avenue to be on you know what i mean with the independent artists because there's so many of you out there making great music and you know really doing it for the love of it and and would just love to get your stuff out to people so i will definitely do what i can within my time and my power to try to help you guys out as well so twitter at mike v bauman and go to YouTube. I have past episodes up right now. There's about 30 of them. Um, I'm, I'm working to get get more of them up there. And uh, yeah, man, thank you for the love. Thank you for checking out checking out the show, staying on board. I really appreciate it, you guys. You can download the show for free on iTunes. Remember, go to iTunes, type in Bombas Breakdown. You can subscribe for free, download the episodes for free. If you have an iPhone, there's actually a Podbean app now for the iPhone where you can go there and subscribe to my show listen to it right on your phone Uh, amongst a host of other apps i have android i've got a samsung galaxy uh not because i like keeping up with the latest and greatest stuff but because uh my two-year contract was up and it was a dollar or if you're from like california i believe you guys pronounce a dollar out there you guys say like dollar and and college dollar and college and and here in the midwest it's really it's we've got a real like ah yeah, we everything's in the back of our throat. When we so I say college and dollar, um, but but yeah, I got I got a Galaxy a few months back because it, it cost me like a buck to to get a new phone, and it's a great phone. But anyway, uh, I have Android, so the app that I use is uh, uh, Podcast Addict. That's where I listen to a lot of my favorite shows, like the Adam Carolla show and the Jamie Josta show, and more stories and. Just recently started listening to Ian Rappaport, his podcast, um, so many good ones. The Crab Feast with Ryan Sickler and Jay Larson, hilarious, funny, 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 funny. Uh, but Podcast Addict is is a great app as well. If you do have Android operating system for your smartphone, that's you can find my show on there, download it. Um, it's it's pretty pretty cool interface. It's really easy to use. You know, it's 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 cool. So yeah, if you have an iPhone, download the Podbean app. You can get my show there. If you have Android phone, a Galaxy, a Droid, whatever, go to uh, Podcast Addict on the Google Play Store and download it. It's free, and it's what I use. I love it, and it's awesome. So without further ado, keep the faith and be kind to one another. As always, my grandpa's birthday is actually going to be coming up here pretty soon, so that is important to me when I utter those words at the end of every show. I do it as much for me as I do for you guys. Now, without further ado, kudos to Ravi Orr, and thanks to Ravi Orr, not only for this entire album, but for sharing a song with you guys. From Philotaxis, Woe of the Crow and His Poison Tree, here is Woe of the Crow. Peace. (laughs) 